Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. Okay, Tribers, where do I even begin with Steph Pitsman? Steph is an energy and crystal healer. She struggled with her mental health for years, suffering with anxiety and panic disorder, as well as depression as a teenager. She has since become a campaigner for mind and helps women with their mental well-being through her energy healing. That still doesn't do Steph justice though. Every human is made up of energy and Steph explains that, but she also shares how our bodies store past trauma, experiences and wounds, how those experiences can manifest into disease or physical pain, how you can tap into your feminine energy. And we also discuss periods, what is happening in your body during intimate moments, let's say, why women tend to be more emotional than men and exactly what you can do every single day to balance your chakras. Hi Steph, welcome to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Can you just share your story with our Smart Girl Tribe audience please? So I'm Steph, I'm a crystal and energy healer and the founder of wellness brand Zwayla. So I started Zwayla during my recovery from mental health. So I suffer from anxiety and panic disorder and I just couldn't find anything that really helped me with my anxiety I tried everything and ended up going down the holistic route because I just felt drawn to crystals and really connected with their energy and that's how I kind of discovered that they could really help me with what I was struggling with and through that started the brand so we're a wellness brand taking a circular approach to mind body and soul and combining crystal healing into women's wear And I also do crystal healing sessions and two years on the brands growing and just helping and supporting more women who have gone through similar struggles, really. Mm -hmm. Do you think, Steph, that you're born with powers as an energy healer or is it something that you learn over time? I would say we're all intuitive. So every single one of us um, has intuitive gifts, but not everybody is open to them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us, we're just not connected to that side of ourselves, I would say. So for me personally, my intuitive side started when I was about four and we experienced a death in our family. Um, Death often opens us up to those, that side. And I'm an empath, so I sense others' emotions and I'm also clairvoyant. So if you told me five years ago I'd be a crystal and energy healer I I would have laughed because even though I have been in touch with that side since I was younger I kind of ignored it was quite scared of it tried to really push it down and as I've you know grown up I've really tapped into that side of myself and discovered those gifts but I think that not everybody does so it's really dependent on, on each individual but we absolutely all have those gifts it's just whether we're open to tapping into them or we want to tap into them that's something you know I work with people on a lot of people say I, I experience things and I don't know if it's real or if I have these gifts and can you help me really discover that so 
we definitely all are but it's really individual to how far you want to take it how long Steph did you have anxiety for before you decided to become an energy healer and really realized how much it could heal and help your anxiety and panic disorder so my anxiety started when I was 14 so I also suffered from depression and when I was younger I self-harmed so I had a really hard time with my mental health then kind of recovered slightly and then as I got older again the anxiety that's when the panic disorder really started to creep in um so I started so I'd say it was about 10 plus years until I really started to dive into that side of it and thought wow this really works and things like meditation hypnotherapy just really all the different holistic practices became I became more aware of them and how they could really help Mm -hmm. And I really want to kind of go back to the beginning and explain everything for our readers and listeners. So first of all, Steph, can you explain what energy actually is? Yes. So in terms of physics, it's the quantitative property that an object or person is made up of. But I'd say in an easier term to say, it's the energy and everything. Everything has a vibrational frequency and an energy, us objects animals literally everything around us so i guess we could say it's the frequency that we all vibrate at and makes up who we are mm-hmm. and we all exchange energy with each other you know you can you can feel someone's energy and give energy to someone without speaking sometimes you know you can sense if someone's in a bad mood or a good mood from far from a distance that's kind of a good example of how we portray our energy i would say can other people impact our energy? You know, I'm going to be honest, Steph. I'm a very sunshiny kind of person. I'm very positive and optimistic. But when somebody is approaching with, you know, me, because obviously I work in business and they're just in a bad mood, it really, really impacts me. Is this normal? Yes, <laughs> definitely. We all get it. I think I always say to people, you know, as much as I'm all about love and light, I experience bad moods and ex- I get frustrated when people have negative negative energy, I'd say, because we perceive energy as negative and positive. But, you know, you can you can definitely impact you because once someone's in your your field of energy and your aura, that can seep into your energy field. So you know you can easily transfer energy that's why it's really important to protect our energy on a daily basis and just make sure we're putting those practices in place because it stops us from taking on other people's energy okay so first of all can you define the human energy field for us please yeah so personally i would define it as our aura so our aura is compromised of our vibrational frequency and energy and it's around the human body so it has several different layers and they're all connected to our chakras so the chakras are the energy centers of our body and each layer of the energy field kind of correlates with a chakra so the layers around the aura are the etheric body the emotional body the mental body the astral body the etheric template body the celestial body and the kinetic slash casual body so if you kind of imagine there's a graph that I can I can't really show you here but I can show people um and it's each layer kind of going outwards around your body and it just makes up our aura and like the energy field around us okay so how far can our aura go I think it really depends so it's quite 
we it spans quite far i think it just they normally say if you're within two feet of someone you can sense their energy and their their energy field so i'd say one to two feet you can kind of you'll be able to feel somebody so i I always laugh because if somebody's annoying me i'll tell them to just step away a little bit so i can't sense their energy which sounds really funny if it's you know family or friends and i'm joking around i'm like just stand a few feet back (laughs) okay so if someone is approaching us then and they have really really bad energy but we're somebody who, like I described myself earlier, very sunshiny kind of person, very positive. What can I do rather than asking them to leave me alone? <laughs> what can I do to make sure that they don't impact my aura? So a really good way, and this is something I learned a few years ago, and it's, it's amazing how well it works, is to imagine a mirror in front of you facing the other person. Okay. And then what this does is, this then their energy will just bounce back onto them Mm -hmm. so So it's like protecting yourself from it really hitting you so you just imagine a mirror in front of you facing them yeah and just imagine that their energy can't come past that mirror so as soon as it hits the mirror it just bounces back onto them okay that's really interesting and obviously you said that there are some strategies that we can implement to help us so other people can't really affect our energy or our aura is there anything or are there any practices or rituals that we can do in everyday life that will help out block out somebody's negative energy or somebody's energy that we might just not want to feel that day so i say a really great one is meditation i know so many people say this but it it really does make a massive difference because you're you're tapping into your energy field and you're really you know honing in on that So I think just even if it's five minutes in the morning doing a meditation and just being like really focusing on protecting your energy, how you want to feel, really focusing on yourself and nobody else. Another thing that I like to do is I like to take a piece of selenite, which is like a long, clear crystal, and I hold it all the way around my body and kind of do a cleanse around my body before I leave the house. Mm-hmm. selenite is a really protective stone so this really helps us to just protect our energy before we leave and then again the mirror aspect if it happens in person and you're kind of caught off guard the mirror one is a great one you can also imagine like a cloak around you or a bubble and just really focus on your own energy and just you know protecting yourself from somebody else's because it can be especially if we're empaths we can be very, very sensitive to other people's energy. And sometimes we might feel sad, but we're taking on someone else's sadness and we don't even realize it. Equally, it can be just as good if someone's really happy and you want, you know, you want to take some of that on, then you can just be like, give, give, give it to me. But, you know, there's always a good balance. Okay. I'm definitely that kind of person. I am an empath, as you say. I mean, when somebody is sad stuff, I absolutely take on that emotion. I will cry purely if I see somebody else crying because I, well, now I understand it's taking on that person's energy. So I think that's really great advice to imagine putting a cloak on you or holding up a mirror. Now, obviously, if you are maybe arguing with somebody or experiencing conflict with somebody, what is a way that you are able to express your negative emotions, if you like, while blocking out that other person's energy? Oh, that's a good one, actually. So I'd say the first thing that's really important is to stop and take a breath. Mm-hmm. Because when we're, 
when we tend to argue, we kind of tend to be like, and we, we tend to stop to think about our breath. And then we're not really, you know, grounding ourselves. So I think it's important to just take a second to ground ourselves, really like place our feet on the floor, take a really deep breath in and then think about what we're going to, you know, say. And I think again, the, the main thing would be the mirror one because that really does stop you know someone else and if you've somebody who's got crystals even holding a crystal while you're talking to somebody and just you know letting that energy flow through you and kind of protect you because I think that and it's also having something to hold and focus on could be quite good because it helps you to listen to the other person but also feel like you're not taking on all their emotions because it can be very overwhelming especially being empaths we we really are very extra sensitive um and it's all about building up our, our aura a little bit more, really, to get that a little bit of strength, kind of like wrapping ourselves in cotton wool so we're not so sensitive to other people. Okay. And as I have understood it, we have an aura of energy, if you like, Steph, around us. And then this is what I've understood. But then inside, we have almost different energy balls, which people refer to as our chakras how can we get more in touch with those chakras in us so with the chakras each chakra kind of represents a different area of the body a different um sense that we have so for example your third eye which is just above your brow chakra that's all about your spiritual side so if you wanted to tap into that you would meditate um it's purple so you when I'm really feeling spiritual, I paint my nails purple, everything's purple. I can tell that my third eye is really, you know, working well. And it can also cause issues if you've got an unbalanced chakra. So they're never all going to be balanced. You know, it's very unlikely that they're going to be balanced all the time. You'll have some that are unbalanced, some are overactive, some are underactive. But the best way to tap into those is, is through meditation, is through focusing on those areas journaling is a really great one and just you know focusing on that area of your body where that chakra is holding a crystal there and really journaling what comes up it's just taking the time to actually focus on those energy centers Mm -hmm. yoga is also a great way when i did my yoga foundation they taught us a lot about the chakras and the bandas which is all the energy centers and the locks in our body and the breath work that we can do to work through those energy you know balls or centers whatever you want to call them um is really amazing but it's just taking the time to do those certain practices and once we start to do that it's amazing how much you can actually tap into them very quickly it just takes a little bit of time to build up to being aware of where they are and how how you can tap into them how can we tell if one of our chakras is imbalanced if you like i mean i've shared this story before so this was a few years ago now i went through a breakup and even though it was my decision it was a very very messy breakup and then i was actually stopping by i won't share the entire story we'll be here for ages (laughs) but i was stopping by in an office and a woman pulled me over and she said you need to start thinking about your heart chakra Um, And I had no idea about energy. This is why I was so curious to start exploring it. She said, you've got a blocked heart. And I laughed and I thought, I've never seen this woman before. I have never met her. She pulled me aside and she said, you really need to unblock your heart. And I thought, that's very interesting. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know that I'm going through 
a breakup. If you were meeting that version of me now, Steph, what advice would you have given her? So I'd say, especially going for a breakup, you already close your heart off because you're, you know, you're hurting. But when the heart chakra is unbalanced or overactive, whatever, whatever's going on there, um, we tend to experience different emotions, different symptoms. So with all the chakras, really, we it correlates to different different things in the body. So you could actually, you know, people with a blocked heart chakra can actually form heart conditions and things like that. So if it's left unobserved for a really long time, it can turn into physical issues. Wow. And and that's why energy healing is so transformational because somebody could come with something wrong with their heart, but actually they could have a blocked chakra and if they work on that you can really unblock that so the advice i would give is really focusing on that area and just giving yourself love first especially so i always work with people when they've been through breakups or they're having a hard time with self-love or anything like that or the heart chakra is blocked i always say to just give yourself love first before anything else so self-love affirmations it may be uncomfortable but look in the mirror tell yourself you love yourself place a rose quartz on your heart and just really focus on what are you feeling in that space okay. and then journal that write that down but just really just focus on that area and don't be afraid of what's going to come up because i think when we have a certain area whether it's the heart or somewhere else we might steer away from it because we don't want to feel it feel it but the more you push it down, the worse the block's going to get. Okay. And the energy there's just going to build up and build up till you feel overwhelmed. So it's actually better to look at it and really, you know, breathe and dive into it and see what's going on there. Okay. And can you explain, Steph, what energy healing is, please? Yes. Yeah. So energy healing is, it's, it's an interesting one. So it's a holistic practice. And it activates the body's subtle energy systems to remove blocks. Um, it breaks through these energy blocks um, and has the ability to heal different things in the body. But practices like crystal healing and Reiki, they're the type of things that we do during energy healing. But it's really about our energy and tapping into each other's energy. So if I was doing an energy healing, I usually use crystals. I'll place them on the body of the client if it's an in-person one sometimes we do distant energy healing as well and it's just all about tapping into that energy and seeing where there's blocks where there's issues how we can you know resolve them really bringing up anything to the surface that's been pushed down that's it's very holistic but there are scientific principles to it as well so if somebody came to you and said look this thing's going been going on i'm very into crystals and energy and i thoroughly believe that i need to get the to the root of this issue how many sessions do you think it takes of reiki or energy healing until that person is healed if you like oh i would say in all honesty i don't think any of us are ever fully healed i think it's something that we should be working on constantly it's something that we should continue to do not necessarily saying somebody has to have energy healing sessions for the rest of their life but it's something we should self-practice forever um, to really get that, to really get to a place where we are balanced because everyday life throws th- constantly throws things at us. So even if you heal one thing, something else might come up in a different area. But I would say usually, I'd say it depends on the individual, but I usually say 
so people start with three sessions and see how they get on okay on average is that person a little bit better after three sessions oh yeah definitely okay uh, usually is one session is the first session always quite powerful when someone comes to you it, it depends how open the person is so if you have if I have someone come to me and they're really you know open and they know quite a lot about crystals and energy and they you know love spirituality then we'll probably have quite a powerful first session if somebody comes and they're really skeptical and they're not sure and they're a little bit closed off and they're a bit nervous it takes a little bit of time because it's all about permission as well when you work with someone on energy healing they I have to get their permission so I, I have a client who's in South Africa and I do distance energy healing and I'd say that's one of the most powerful sessions I have but yet they're really far away from me but they're so open and want me to work on them that it's one of the most powerful sessions that we have. Okay. So I think it really depends on how open the person is. And sometimes it takes people just a little bit of time to get used to how it feels having someone else. It's quite a vulnerable thing to let someone into your energy mm. and knowing they can sense things that you can't say it. Some people are quite uncomfortable with that. So it can take a little bit of time just to get used to it. When you're performing one of these sessions and energy healing stuff, do you let the other person know what you're picking up, what you're sensing? Yes. So I usually wait till the end of the session. So sometimes I have, sometimes I have messages will come through from either their higher self or their spirit guides. I will always ask someone what their beliefs are and make sure that I tailor, tailor whatever comes through to that. I will ask them if they want, to know any messages that come through if they want me to relay that but I'll do that at the end so during the session it will just be about them really relaxing and breathing and just listening to the music and focusing on the crystals and feeling the vibrations of the crystals and what I'm doing. Wow and speaking of crystals can you explain how crystals are so powerful Steph? Yes so crystals are powerful because they have a stable dominant oscillatory rate so this is their energy frequency so our dor is very unstable it's always changing because of our emotions and daily life and everything that we go through whereas um, a crystals will be the same always it will never change it's completely stable so when we place crystals within our energy field we can make and train ourselves to vibrate at the same frequency as crystals so for somebody like me who suffers from anxiety if i feel anxious and i have a crystal that's calming and i hold that in my hands or place that on my heart and really meditate into it and take the time i'm in training my energy to vibrate at that frequency and then i become calm mm. um so it's it's really about just vibrating on the same frequency as the crystals and they're so powerful They're you know people put them in cars they're in clocks they're actually used to run computers but a lot of people don't realize that so I always say this to people who are quite skeptical I say your you know your laptop wouldn't run without a small quartz crystal that's how it makes the mechanism work the same with a clock with a car there's a the crystals are used in all sorts of things that nobody knows they're used in why isn't this information shared with us I don't know. I don't know why it seems to be such like a taboo subject, I guess. You know, it's not, it's not that woo-woo. There's a lot of science to it. And when I did my crystal healing certification, the woman who taught me is a scientist. She studies physics and, you know, she's, she's a scientist. That's her job. But she actually ended up turning to a crystal healer 
holistically and teaching the science of it. Wow. Oh my gosh. And why do you think, Steph, some scientific communities have such an aversion to exploring the topic of energy healing? Oh, I think it's a lack of understanding. And like I said, I think a lot of people think it's quite woo woo. That's the only word I can think to describe it. But there is a lot of physics to crystals and how we can use them. Um, And I just think that I always try and go at it with a with a perspective of giving people the science because once they understand the physics and the science, it really opens them up to being more interested and thinking, Oh, there is a science to it and we can actually use that in that way. So I often find that people who aren't necessarily into spirit actually learn that they, they then want to work with them and want to learn more. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend the book It's called vibrational medicine by Richard Gerber. And he explores the science of etheric energies And he also looks at Einstein's physics of energy. And essentially he shows how energy can heal us in different scientific studies. So whenever somebody from a science standpoint wants to talk about crystals, I always give them that information because once you read books like that and you read the physics of crystals, you become, you have a better understanding of how they work. It's not just, Oh, it's a pretty crystal. It's a rock. It's, you know, there is a lot behind it. Mm Wow. Oh my gosh. And obviously we've been talking about energy healing and the power of crystals. Can I ask what are some of your favorite crystals, Steph, or should I say the most powerful in your opinion? So one of the most powerful that a lot of people wouldn't, you wouldn't think it was the most powerful, but rose quartz is actually one of the most powerful crystals. It has a really high frequency. Okay. So I'd say that was one of the most powerful and it really, you know, it's, it's amazing for so many different reasons for self love, just love in general. It's a really great crystal to have around the home. For me, I really love aura quartz. It's such a pretty crystal. It's like a purpley spiky crystal. And I also love amethyst, um, especially at the moment, but for me, it changes on a weekly basis, depending on what I want to achieve that week. So this week I'm obsessed with my amethyst. I've been meditating a lot. You know, I've painted my nails purple. I want everything purple. Last month I was focusing on confidence. So I had citrine everywhere and it's, I was wearing bright yellow and focusing on everything yellow because it's a yellow crystal. So I think there's, it changes on the regular basis. <laughs> oh, no, I understand that. And for any skeptics listening to this, can you just explain what you can do with crystals because obviously I mean I very first started exploring crystals funnily enough after I met this woman after she approached me and said you have a blocked heart and I thought I don't even understand what that means and I genuinely <laughs> went home and started googling things and found a rose quartz um, which then I bought and it was in my room and I meditated with it but what else can you do with crystals so you can wear them so as jewelry Part of why I created Zuela was to wear them in your bra because it keeps them close to your heart. And, you know, that's one of the main energy centers of the body. So wearing them in your bra, you know, it keeps that energy flow going throughout the day and gives you that stable vibration. So I always say to people, that's a really great one for women. You can put them in the garden and, you know, place them in different areas to kind of surround your house to give protection. You can have them around the home. They're used in lamps. You can use them in drinks. I would say 
you know there's different elixirs you can do to help with your health but there's certain crystals that can't be put in water so just be being really aware of that and checking that out first because there are toxins Mm -hmm. they are minerals so you have to be really careful there like i said they're used in cars they're used in clocks there's just so many different ways you can use them um it's really individual for each person and just depending on what what you're looking to get out of them and which crystals you're using there's some crystals you can put around your computer to make sure that you're not kind of getting the radiation off the computer in that frequency but you have to be careful some crystals like black onyx could literally shut down your computer if you leave it too close to it because it will react with the quartz and then you know you could lose everything so I always say to people just do your research before you do anything like that. But you know, there's so many different things that we can do with them. Okay. And talking about energy healing more stuff, we obviously, when we're around people, as we were alluding to earlier, we take on, we can take on other people's emotions. We can take on the feelings of others when we're then there sitting, maybe with our crystals or just meditating and we feel maybe a pain that we feel is blocked energy building up or in a particular chakra, how can we identify when it's our chakra reacting to our emotions and feelings and something we're going through versus, oh, we've taken on that other person's emotions and now we're carrying around that in our chakra? I would say really breathing into it. So kind of closing our eyes, really taking a breath and breathing into wherever that pain is. And really sitting with it and thinking, where is this coming from? Asking, asking yourself, is this mine? Is this someone else's? Why am I feeling this way? And just really focusing on it. I think sometimes we try to ignore things and think, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But actually really tapping into that and thinking, you know, trying to bring up what that, what that is. And, and just, just taking breaths and focusing on it can really help. Okay. Sometimes when I'm sitting and I'll be thinking about my chakras or just my energy in general, I'll start telling myself things and I'll think, oh, you know, does it come from there or was it that previous experience? But then sometimes I feel really just quite stupid actually, Steph. And I'm like, no, Scarlett, like, come on, stop talking to yourself. You know, you're probably making that up. It's got nothing to do with you. Don't, you know, dive into it so much. Don't think about it so much what would you say to anybody who needs that confidence to talk to themselves and think about where is this coming from? Because sometimes sitting there when you're not in this field, you do, you do feel a bit silly. Yeah. And it takes, it takes time. I mean, I, when I first started, I felt silly and thought, Oh, I'm just, you know, being ridiculous. But I think just taking the time to practice and not putting any judgment on yourself when you're doing it, just making it a judge free zone, create a safe space, just, you know, put some crystals out, find a quiet place. You don't have to tell anybody you're doing it. Um, journaling is really good because it doesn't feel like you're talking to yourself so much. It's more, you know, like you're writing a diary and really talking to yourself in that way can make it a little bit easier, especially if people are already used to writing a diary or something. It's a good transition sometimes to rather than thinking, oh, I'm being silly, I'm being silly. It can help with that, I think. Mm-hmm. And how much of the energy inside us is affected by past trauma? So we hold a lot of past trauma in our bodies and it, it really affects us. So a lot, of, a lot of energy healing is healing past traumas and not only from this life, but from you know, past lives, from past experiences. Um, 
and we go through a lot it's not always you know a beautiful love and light experience it can be it can be hard but it's you know a good transformation so I think a lot of people think oh it's nothing it's something that's happening right now but often it's probably something from the past so it really does have a quite a big effect on us how can we cleanse ourselves Steph how can we almost clean ourselves out to get rid of that past trauma that is storing itself in us as energy I think things like energy healing reiki you know meditation yoga salt baths just doing all these rituals they they sat you know there's small things but when you put them all together it really cleanses your energy and your aura and it really helps you to work through what you're going through mm-hmm. and I think that you know it's something that maybe not a lot of people feel feel like they have time to do or it's okay to do or like you said they might be uncomfortable or embarrassed but I think that once you start you'll find that it makes such a difference to how you feel that you'll just want to keep going with it and do we have to do those practices daily or weekly if somebody came to you and they had been experiencing or they went through something really traumatic it could be domestic violence or abuse of some kind severe depression self-harming severe bullying and they came to you and they had this past trauma stored inside them and you said okay we'll do a session of energy healing but then you can also meditate have salt baths you can use essential oils and crystals how often should this person be exploring those or being practicing those routines? I'd say it's individual to each person. It's, it really depends on how, how much someone wants to dive into it as well. Cause I think I never want people to feel so overwhelmed with everything they think they've got to do that. They just don't do it at all. I'd rather say to somebody, pick one of these things that you love the most and implement it on a daily or weekly basis. Then once you've got that down, try something else so for example say it was a a salt bath i'd say have a salt bath once a week once you've implemented that let's implement something else and it also depends what someone's more drawn to because normally what you're drawn to is what you need and it's the same with crystals whatever crystal you're drawn to is usually what you need and what your energy field needs so i'd say very individual on whatever the person is is most drawn to but usually i'd say on a weekly to daily basis but making it part of a routine that's easy for them and manageable okay and how much of our energy stored inside us Steph is impacted by emotional or mental pain and then physical pain you know we are humans at the day we can break bones and things like that when we go through something like that does that too affect our energy definitely I think everything that we do you know we we are made up of completely made up of energy with within our body like obviously as apart from the actual body there's a lot of energy here and everything is made up of the molecules so I would say that anything that we do affects our energy and I think it's just about finding out what works best for each person and how certain things make you feel okay oh my gosh and does energy heal itself or do we have to get to a point when we say, okay, we need to take responsibility and start healing our own energy? So I'd say the aura protects us to a certain extent. Obviously, it, it really depends. But I would say it's, it's important that we 
take it into our own hands and we start to you know try and start that healing process like I said before I think we're always healing and we go through so much from from birth onwards that so many different little things can affect each of us differently and actually you know create issues in in our energy fields so I would definitely say it's important to check up and do the work ourselves but obviously we are protected with our aura and things like that as well okay and how can we use our intuition more as women to guide us Steph we all talk about women have this sixth sense we have a more gut reaction to things how can we tune into that so I'd say by tapping into our feminine and divine energy Mm. so you know really meditating with our wombs this into our bodies even things like the moon um the moon cycles and our if you know if if you're aware women that still have menstrual cycles things like that everything syncs together but i think as women we identify you know we all have masculine and feminine energy inside of us we all have the yin and the yang so um it's a balance that we need both so the feminine energy is known as yin and it tends to be stillness intuition creativity whereas masculine energy tends to be assertive accomplished and dominant but we need both for the balance but as women we probably find it easier to tap into the feminine side so we probably are more intuitive than men or you know whoever someone identifies with if they're not that tapped into their feminine energy they might not be able to tap into their intuition so much so if somebody wants to be more intuitive i would always say you know really do things that help your feminine energy let's talk about that feminine energy if somebody came to you or me just asking you now steph what can we do more outside of working with crystals breathing exercises meditation having the bath are there any other ways we can tap into our feminine energy just even being in nature taps into our feminine energy you know anything you do in nature is feminine energy it's all about mother earth and about healing and guiding us so i think anything that feels feminine to you will will help you but i always find you know if if a man comes and he's not sure how to tap into his feminine energy i'd always say you know why don't you go sit on the grass and place your feet on the ground and just feel the energy of the earth because that that has feminine energy within it i think things like yoga that gives you a really feminine energy it's just different things that you can relate to that help you tap into that side and really asking yourself am i using just logic and am i not actually listening to my gut and really taking time to be still and just find that calm and find that side okay and now let's explore the opposite i mean i'm obviously a business owner steph and i set up smart girl tribe when i was only 19 and i've always been very feminine if you like i've always tapped into that energy and because i didn't have anybody really to guide me about being more of a leader I'm still a business owner who will put kisses at the end of emails and who will send flowers and cupcakes to thank people. I mean, what can I do (laughs) to tap more into my masculine energy? So masculine energy is, like I said, it's more dominant and assertive. So when we focus on the logic, so I can be, sometimes I can get wrapped to being a business owner as much as I do a lot of feminine work, I can get quite, 
stuck into the, the the masculine side and actually think oh I need to tap back into the feminine so I would say just think that's like more of a doing than a thinking is masculine okay but I, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with you putting kisses at the end of an email or being more <laughs> feminine that's a nice touch within your business obviously you mentioned something which is a topic that I've never brought up with an energy healer, not intentionally before I just haven't had such a raw and honest conversation. Let's talk about periods and the relationship between periods and feminine energy. And I don't know much about the relationship between the two, Steph. So can you just talk and share a little about that? So I'll speak from more personal experience because I've learned a lot about this in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So when I actually launched my business, when I launched Swayla, I a week after launching, and I would say I was very in my masculine energy during this time. So I'd, I'd just been all in my feminine energy, overcoming my anxiety and really taking that time to listen to myself and my divine energy. And then I started a business and I got very much, I'm starting a business, I have to do this and very much do, do, do and go, go, go. And a week after launching, I had an ovarian cyst burst and I was very unwell and ended up in hospital. And then ever since that, I've had quite a few health problems with my womb and my periods. And I've not been able to find out for a long time. Like I wasn't able to find out for a long time what that was. And as I dove deeper into it, it's very much where I was, I was too much in the masculine and I was completely ignoring the feminine, even though I created this really feminine you know, ethereal tapping into your feminine energy business, I wasn't doing that as much as I could myself. So I think, you know, our wombs are really, you know, really energetic. And sometimes we don't pay attention to it or listen. I recently worked with a womb healer and I found that incredible. And it was very similar to crystal healing, but all focused just on the womb. And, you know, our our menstrual cycles sometimes link with the moon. You know how women, if you live in the same household, your cycles can sync up to each other. It's all because of the energy. Um, And it's mainly in our sacral chakra. So it's the chakra in that area. And it's all about how we tap into that divine feminine. So as someone who's experienced a lot of period issues, I would say it's really important that we don't ignore you know, that area. And we really, we do focus our energy there. Okay. So is there anything that an everyday person can do, an everyday woman can do in the lead up to her period? Because obviously, you know, it's very easy to regulate your periods. Now we've Mm -hmm. got apps and tools and things. Is there anything that we can do in the lead up that will create a better relationship between us and our periods? I'd say I personally recently have started to I'll kind of make a triangle with my hands Mm -hmm. and I'll place it on top of my womb and I'll really breathe in and I'll just kind of not talk to my womb in a way but kind of just ask questions that I'm wanting to know like how can I support myself what's going on here why I'm you know why I used to experience quite bad cramps since I started doing certain things I, I no longer experience that so just really you know, focusing my energy in that place and actually giving it love and asking what's needed. I think it's important that we, you know, look at different holistic remedies like different herbs and teas we can drink. It can make such a difference to our hormonal balances. Mm -hmm. Again, like I'm not a doctor and obviously everybody should always consult their doctor, but 
in a holistic sense, those things can be really powerful and just, you know, going back to nature, anything that's natural can really help us to tap into that. I mean, I've recently started looking at things like womb steaming where you, you know, you get certain herbs and you steam them in a safe way and make sure you follow instructions and you just, you squat over the bowl and steam your womb. And it, it's incredible how, how much difference it's actually made. You know, these small little things that sound, some people might think they sound ridiculous, but they really work because it's just going back to basics and going back to natural practices that are, you know, ancient. Okay. Are there any particular crystals we can turn to, again, in the lead up to having a period that can help us? So there's definitely a few. For me personally, um, I like rose quartz just because I find I'm, I, my inner critic seems to be very linked to my period. So I'll get very down on myself. So I personally will work with rose quartz just to make sure I'm really showing myself that love. But I think, you know, other ones that are good for the sacral chakra, there's orange calcite is really good for that area. Um, it, it depends on what symptoms you're having as well. But I'd also say if you feel drawn to a crystal during your period, then that's probably the crystal that you need because, again, we store a lot of emotions in our wombs. So we might be holding on to things there and then that might come up and then that might be the crystal that we need at that time. Right. Okay. And does everyone, Steph, in your view, have broken energy inside them? Can we break the energy inside us? I personally wouldn't say anybody has broken energy what I've been taught is that all energy is actually neutral and we just perceive it as maybe negative or positive. Okay. But I, I do use the word negative energy because sometimes you just feel, it just feels like it is negative. I wouldn't say it's broken, but I'd say we can have blocked energy. So everybody can have blockages in, in their chakras and in their energy centers. And that kind of can, be, can become, feel like it's broken in a way. Talking about sex then and being intimate with, we'll say a man in this case, someone with dominant masculine energy, why is it that sometimes women want to be very dominant in the bedroom and sometimes they want to be the opposite? Because that surely must come from energy. That's interesting. I've never thought of that actually. I would say it's probably they've got a more masculine energy within within that area or maybe somebody might have suppressed a lot of feelings and maybe that their way of expressing that and their womb and what they need is to be dominant and to express that masculine energy because like I said all the energy in the body is it's the yin and the yang we need both mm-hmm. and you know some people might feel that they want to be more masculine in the bedroom and they want that's where they want to let that energy out and some might want to be more feminine it depends on what your preferences are and I think it's also really diving into where you find that balance in your life of masculine and feminine okay and then why is it that sometimes or from what I've had you know speaking to girlfriends us women we tend to be a lot more emotional when it comes to that aspect it really has to mean something does that have any kind of link to our feminine energy i definitely think it connects to our wombs and that healing side of things and i think also women experience probably a lot more trauma in that in those areas and energy than men do so i think that's why and our emotions are very closely linked to our wombs so i think and there's a you know and our energy centers there 
so I think that could be why we maybe experience experience that wow okay so how then if you're going to be exploring a physical intimate relationship with somebody and you want to make sure that their energy is balanced because this energy is going to have an impact on you how can we make sure that their energy is cleansed outside of having a conversation i can't really imagine many men <laughs> be willing to sit down and have a conversation prior about how cleansed their energy is i mean i've seen some hilarious things on twitter where women have asked if they could sage their partner's parts which i think is just taking it way too far in my personal opinion <laughs> but i think having a conversation about what what you both you know like and how you feel about things and just making sure that everything aligns i don't necessarily think it has to be you know any sort of ritual or massive you know massive big deal but just you know you know if your your energy if you feel comfortable with somebody um, and just letting them know what you do and don't like, I think is important. And being female, maybe somebody, a woman's energy is very, very feminine. If they're then having this kind of physical relationship with somebody who has the opposite kind of energy, who has a lot of masculine energy, are they suddenly about to take on, going through that physical act, a lot of masculine energy? And if so, what do they have to do to almost get rid of that if they don't want it? I think sometimes it can be a case of if a woman's really feminine and a man's really masculine, you just want to make sure that they know not to baby overpower you in the bedroom, if that makes sense. Because sometimes that can feel that can then feel overwhelming and that could maybe cause somebody to cry because that's triggering them because it's too much masculine energy. So I'd say it's just about ensuring that, you know, it's not necessarily that you're going to take on all of their masculine energy. It's just ensuring that it's you're finding that balance that you're both comfortable with. Okay. And I also end the podcast with two questions, Steph. The first being, what is your favourite quote or the mantra you live by? So mine is quite simple. So I always say energy is everything because I believe that it is. Um, I recently saw a sign and I thought it was really great. And it said, please take responsibility for the energy that you bring into this space, which I thought was just amazing. And then finally, Steph, what books or podcasts would you recommend to our audience? So podcasts, I love the Uncensored Empath. She's amazing. She talks all about being an empath and how, you know, we take on other people's emotions. So, and I've worked with her. She was one of my coaches. She's amazing. And also Chakra Girl Radio. She talks all about the chakras and everything like that books apart from the one I mentioned earlier which is a bit of a hefty book and I'm still reading it so it's probably not one everybody wants to pick up I really like light is the new black by Rebecca Campbell mm -hmm. so that's all again all about energy and spirituality and also the modern guide to crystal healing by Eula Van Dorian I hope I'm saying her name right um, that's a great one for anybody who just wants to kind of learn about crystals okay well thank you so much Steph it's been such an empowering and enlightening and insightful podcast episode i'm really looking forward to sharing it with everyone oh thank you so much for having me it's been so nice to chat to you